सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधी तमस्तुमा विषा वहै ओ गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम अर्जुन एंड भगवत गीता Reduce my volume a little bit. <clears throat> Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita asks the Lord that my mind is so chanchala, chanchala, very fickle. Chanchalam hi manah Krishna pramathi balavat dridham. Can you recognize the shloka? Which chapter? Sixth chapter. Good. <clears throat> चंचलम ही मन कृष्ण प्रमाथी बलवत दृढ़ एज एन एंसर टू दैट भगवान से अभ्यास न तो कौंतेय वैराग्य नृह्यते तो वॉट इज द मेथड टू रेन दिस फिकल माइंडेडनेस ऑफ एवरी ह्यूमन बीइंग माइंड बीइंग फिकल इज इट्स एज दो नेचुरल डिस्पोजिशन so to have a fickle mind is not the problem if the mind is not fickle then there is something wrong functionally with the mind because the mind itself is made in such a way that it interfaces with all the multivarious system and we have to fine tune it to come to a focal point and to come to that focal point <clears throat> mind requires to be tamed and what is the method that has been said abhyasa abhyasa to have a practice as they say in english practice make a man perfecto perfect any skill for that matter we do not excel in it unless we start working towards it to become familiar with any skill you need to spend about 21 hours at it continuously if you can spend about 21 hours then you have 
an introduction into that skill. To become good in that particular skill, you require about two to three months of consistent effort. Meaning the entire day's worth effort is focused only on that. You become good at it. And to become excellent at something, to excel into something, even the field of science and their experiments on excellence have shown that there has to be a conscious effort more than 10,000 hours into that particular skill set to excel in it. Without which you don't become somebody who is qualified proficiently to excel in that particular field. When in the ordinary field of our day-to-day -day interactions, we need that many hours, 21 hours plus the 2 months plus another 10,000 hours. To tune this mind into that excelled state of relating directly with the Lord, once in a while sitting there and doing Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya or Sri Ram Jai Ram Jai Jai Ram, once in a while, do you think it is going to help? It is better than having nothing, that much I can assure you, but it is not sufficient enough. It is not cutting that mark into the mind. It has to be etched into the mind. That kind of abhyasa is required. Practice is required. In our day-to-day -day life, how much time do we spare for our spiritual unfoldment, if at all we spare any See, the rishis were not someone who just had made a few methods to torture the individuals. You fellows, you, you know, we were also tortured. We will take the revenge on all the sishyas coming. So, we will also take the revenge by putting you through. So, you also do these many hours of puja, japa and other things. Each method has its purposefulness. And when that mind is fine-tuned to such an equilibrium within, that as soon as the mind disengages from the world of interactions, it has to automatically switch to the chanting of the name of the Lord. Does it happen today? Presently, it, it is so <clears throat> disoriented. What do I mean by disoriented? As soon as the mind disengages itself from its occupied interactions, we call those blank areas of life as boredom, mechanical living, or the other direction of it is burnt out. Either one of this or all of the above, as the case may be. So, to put that mind wherein it disengages and constantly the Namasmarana happens. 
and it is not going to happen by sheer mistake one has to put that rigorous effort in chanting the name of the lord incessantly and the introduction of these thousand names is done with such beautiful understanding that the concept of god is given of these various concepts which are some of them are saguna some of them are nirguna some of them are at the individual level some of them are at the totality level depending on which aspect triggers that consistency in us until that time these thousand names the multivarious aspects and angles of understanding that beautiful ishtadaiva having unfolded and understanding it one of these thousand names our mind focuses fixes upon when the mind fixes upon it that is when it can transcend the wobbly nature of the mind thought and matter itself thought is the subtlest aspect of matter if the thought and its impact which is the subtlest aspect of matter can be transcended the gross aspect of matter can it not be transcended think about it when you can handle something at its subtlest level at its grossest level it will be a piece of cake to walk through therefore the japa therefore the repetition therefore the constant practice of repeating the name of the lord has been such an insistence of the rishis as soon as they found time in their constant traveling or constant interaction with the world the moment they found time out of their busy engagement in responsibility they would sit quietly and start chanting the name of the lord today what do we do the moment we find time we sit in front of something called a idiot box you know that you know why is it called idiot box because it is the idiot sitting in front of that box not because the the, the panel or the flat screen is showing something idiotic because the idiot sitting in front of that panel if not that then so much of texting so much of uh, chatting so much of calling i was told that once upon a time the call back to india per minute was about 3 to 4 dollars and you were so careful about what you speak you had to enquire about the other person and tell about yourself and give that confidence to each other that you are doing okay in the shortest possible time you know with the skype the google chat or talk and, and you know, things have become so easy
that we talk to them for hours together. And what is being nothing being shared at all. There's nothing wrong in being connected. But to waste that moment just because we have nothing else to do. Better than these people are those who at least channelize their energies and time into something which is efficiently used at least to develop some skill. At least to develop certain amount of um, mastery over some hobby. Little more subtler than them are those who can spend in. And that is why to download this into here. Whoever is your Ishtadeva, their mantra, their story, their various aspects, if it can be stored up here, the moment you get disengaged from the world, all that you can do is, you can start. <clears throat> you don't need a book, you don't need an, something else to entertain you. All that you can start doing is, say supposing your Ishtadeva is, uh, say one form of Devi. So you can start. Shri Mata, Shri Maharagni, Shri Mat Simhasaneshwari, Chitaknikunda Sambhuta, Devakarya Samudhyata. Or if it is Bhagavan Vishnu, Vishwam Vishnu, Vashatkaro, Bhuta Bhavya Bhavat Prabhu, Bhuta Krit Bhuta Bhavo, Bhuta Atma, Bhuta Bhavanaha. So what is the meaning of Vishwam? What does it indicate? How is it applicable in my life? Manana is possible. Am I getting across? So to memorize them and then be able to understand its meaning, what it is indicating, what it is driving us towards, taking us towards, is that important? Or say if you are if you are the devotee of say Hanumanji, so what do you chant? Hanuman Chalisa. Shri Guru Charana Saroja Rajanijamana Mukura Sudhari Varana Raghubara Vimala Jasajodaya Kupalachari Buddhihi Natanu Janike So Shri Guru Charana Saroja Raja, what does it mean? You start contemplating on them. If you are you know, transcending the Saguna Sakara, Nirguna Nirakara, and then you understand what is the meaning and essence behind the Upanishadic mantras. The mind does not feel lethargic. The mind does not feel or have a choice to feel lethargic. The mind does not have a choice to feel that, you know, I am bored. Our mind acts as if, you know, it is a a three-year-old or a four-year-old. You give them a toy, after 15 minutes of playing with it, I am bored. It's the mommy or daddy's task to find something to entertain that kid. After 10-15 minutes, bored. Put on a DVD or show them something after 10 15 minutes, bored. The parents are on their wits' end not to know how to or what to do with these fellows now. So, to, to find that mind and to put it, apply it in day to day life, so much of training is required. And that training is ascertained by this chanting of Vishnu Sahasranama and understanding the meaning behind.
so we are in what shloka number is it <clears throat> 28th shloka we have seen till the 255th word indicators of the lord so this 28th shloka starts with vrishahi vrishabho vishnuhu did you find it repeat after me vrishahi vrishabho vishnuhu vrishahi vrishabho vishnuhu vrishaparva vrishodarah vrishaparva vrishodarah vardhano vardhamanascha vardhano vardhamanascha vivikta shruti sagarah vivikta shruti sagarah vrishahi vrishahi vrisha means that which indicates dharma the other word indicating a syllable a synonymous of dharma is vrisha vrishahi vrishahi those whose every single action performed is based out of righteousness alone they understand the gray areas of interaction though they understand it and recognize it but still choose to not be manipulated or manipulate things around but stick to the righteous path such inspired being is an expression of that paramatma those who lead or that who in from whose expression it is only righteousness that expresses that's why such sat purusha or such sadhu sadhu does not have to mean that they are wearing an ochre robe there is a specific name for the ochre robe it is called sanyasi what does sadhu mean those whose thought word and deed are in a righteous satvik pattern such one is called sadhu in fact in uh, in the olden sanskrit when they used to interact in sanskritam like today when you hear something beautiful when somebody says something beautiful or does something good what do we say wow right again in this country wow is used very recklessly in various shades i met with some accident and i was telling somebody that i met with accident and the reaction of these people were wow and my translation of wow was uh, that you know in hindi we say wah and we say wow only when there is something spectacular something beautiful i am talking about my miserable moment and this fellow is saying wah i didn't understand the reaction so there is good wow bad wow and indifferent wow when you are not interested and somebody say hmm wow the wow is used very recklessly and there is another word that you see awesome right awesome 
So in the olden Sanskrit interaction, they would say, Sadhu. When somebody says something good, they, 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 the word used to say that something was awesome was Sadhu. When somebody's thought was pure, they say, Sadhu. Sadhu Uktam became Suktam. Very well said. Sadhu meaning that which is great. In thought, word and deed. It's not like we cut a sorry figure every single time in life wherein we say, I did not think, I did not intend to do any harm. You know, we claim the uh, straightforwardness of our uh, intensity or uh, straightforwardness of our uh, thinking. Intent is, my intent was not that. Whatever was your intent, if it did not pan out in expressing straightforwardness, then that thought is of no use. So in thought, word and deed, when we are in alignment, that aligned living is called Vrushahi. The one who performs the actions with complete alignment. What they think, what they say and what they do is in complete alignment. Such one is called Vrishahi. We have already seen that Vrishahi means Vrusha means dharma. The second word again is the same root word again. This Vrishabhaha. See, Lord Shiva, what is his transport called? Nandi Bhagwan. Nandi Bhagwan is the Rishabha. And the Rishabha is called standing on four legs is the dharma itself. So where does Bhagavan seat himself? Bhagavan is seated where they, that where there is dharma. Kali Yuga, poor dharma is standing on one foot. Should be very painful. In the Dvapara Yuga, he was standing on two feet. Therefore, Dvapara. In the Treta Yuga, Dharma, Rishabha was standing on three feet. Therefore, Treta Yuga. And in the Satya Yuga or Krita Yuga, all four were functional. All four feet of dharma was functional. All four quarters of dharma was functional. Therefore, Krita Yuga. <clears throat> so, Vrishavaha, meaning dharma. Paramatma is that where dharma exists. Therefore, when we perform dharmic activities, 
वॉट हैपन्स धर्मो रक्षति रक्षिता मेनी प्लेसेस दे हैव रिमूव्ड धर्म एंड दे हैव यू नो दे हैव इनकॉर्पोरेटेड न्यू यूसेजेस वृक्षो रक्षति रक्षिता हैव यू रेड दैट कंजर्व ट्रीज एंड द ट्रीज विल प्रोटेक्ट यू द एक्चुअल स्टेटमेंट इज धर्मो रक्षति रक्षिता यू प्रोटेक्ट धर्म यू स्टिक टू धर्म एंड दैट धर्म विल प्रोटेक्ट यू वाय वेर एवर देर इज धर्म देर इज परमात्मा एक्जिस्टिंग एंड टू गिव दट स्टोरी से वेरी फिजिकल लेवल सत्यवान एंड सावित्री हैव यू हर्ड ऑफ देर स्टोरी and it was her it she is called sati savitri the one who was very dharmic and all that she did was being a good wife being a good wife was sufficient enough that it rattled even yama dharma raja that he could not take her husband away he pulled she pulled her husband back from the clutches of dharma raja himself yama himself all because she followed dharma to the core and in today's world is why should i be uh, what do you call that subservient ha because being a good wife becomes subservient now kali his argument is so powerful in bhagavata he is poisoning yamuna nadi and bhagwan you know gets into that yamuna nadi attacks him and he says you you are poisoning this place and because you are poisoning this place you know i have to punish you and then he jumps on his hood and pulps him down after receiving such a treatment kali is very smart being a devotee does not mean you have to be dumb kali says bhagwan time out <laughs> give me a break let's have a healthy discussion you are punishing me i accept the punishment i have poisoned your waters but i have few questions who created me you created me. who created me with the fangs you created me who created me with the poison behind those fangs you created me and all that i am doing is living my swadharma and he says 
I am glad I am living my Swadharma because I have understood it as my Swadharma. Because those feet of yours which are only in meditation of some great Mahatmas are today directly on my feet, I mean on my head. Those feet of yours which are in the hearts of great mendicants is unasked is now on my head. So I don't think I have done anything wrong because it was my swadharma which led you led me to have the darshan of you and have your feet on my head. You are so gracious that you have allowed yourself to climb on my head and yet retain my pride. Usually the devotees have to give up their pride to reach to the Lord and then surrender their pride and bend down. Kaliya never bent down his head. Instead, Lord himself climbed onto the top of it. Rishabha, that which is dharma, the Lord exists there. Those who perform dharma, the very expression of dharma is the Lord. And those who perform dharma, the Lord exists right there. But in order to perform that dharma, we need to have lot of strength. Many of us fail to understand that strength because we are immediately calculating. My dharma, my swadharma is not glamorous. Others dharma, swadharma is glamorous. Why is it that I do not have such glamorous roles? Why, why, I, I don't like my things. For that matter, anybody who has whatever swadharma do not like theirs but like somebody else's. It's almost like the children crying. Why is it that I have to do it every single time? Why can't my sister do it or brother do it or somebody else do it? Does it happen home? It has to happen. Why is it that you know all glamorous things, good things you tell to that? Why I only get to use the trash can and uh, you know dump the trash into the... I don't like this. Wherever dharma is lived, understand what your swadharma is and lived without any complaints, not looking for any glamour behind doing that swadharma. However unglamorous be our swadharma, performing it, the Lord exists in such heart. And it is not to, you know, dump us. <laughs> and as somebody would say, oh, you are just making this up so that we do our job. It is not to make you do your job that the statement is made. That when you, in, you seamlessly perform this swadharma and express it, that is where God truly exists.
Rishabaha can also mean that one who showers. When we perform our actions diligently, who gives us the results of our actions? The Lord. Do you believe in that? If it is the Lord who gives us the result, my actions when I perform, can anybody else snatch the results of it? Crux of cubicle politics, corporate politics. What is the constant fight there? I put such an effort and my team lead takes the credit. I put such effort and my project manager has taken all the credit. Since we don't understand it, is it in a simple step? Okay, go fight for it. You have done righteously, go fight for it. But if you truly understand the broader picture of karma yoga, that which you have performed, nobody else gets the result. Very recently, something very strange happened. You know, you get this debit card, credit card, you know, they change once in three, four years and you get a new card. And to activate it, you have to call in. And recently, we, there were a couple of Yuva Kendra members. And they were, I had given them some tasks, they were busy in their tasks and I was doing my, my work, my, my chores. And one of the long-standing chores was to Activate these cards. So I that one eight hundred number, what was whatever was given, I called in. And usually, when I call these one eight hundred numbers, I put them on speakerphone. They keep you making wait for a long time. So as a habit, I put it on speakerphone, and I was working and writing my notes. And suddenly, it was like some kind of uh, you know explicitly wrong uh, connection or something else got connected uh, the, and it was a very awkward situation because there were lots of kids there, Yuvakendra kids in front of them this call went to some kind of uh, chatting uh, I immediately got scared cut it and then looked at it yeah, how can this number given posted here on one eight hundred number, which has to go to that particular credit card uh, company, goes to somewhere else. Then I saw that I used the exact digits as they were given, that ten ten digit number, but there were the two digits flipped. Two digits flipped. Instead of nine four, I tiled in four nine, and the result was immediate. That it went to some kind of obscene. Uh, when you call whatever is given, it has to go to that number only. Right? You get the point? If it has gone somewhere else, what does it indicate? 
but somewhere that I have called in that something mistake has happened. Long time ago when you used to have those analog uh, phones wherein you had to dial you know all the and if there are the, the numbers as they increased <clears throat> it was scary why if, if, if there is nine 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 number so you have to go to nine the whole number has to be dialed in and sometimes you dial in the right number and it was manual, right? In those days they had to connect you and there would be these funny cross connections. Three, four lines would join in. You ask a question and there are some weird people answering those questions. Do you remember those days? Such a mistake doesn't happen with our Karma Yoga Siddhanta. Whatever actions are performed by us, exactly the same answer, same result comes back to us. May or may not happen at the exact time that we expect it to happen. That is there. May or may not happen exactly at the same time. Who decides what is the right time and what is not the right time? He decides. Another simple example, because many times we feel that it is not fair. I have put this effort and I don't get that result. And then we finally get angry with even that God. You know, there had, I had been to some house and on in the hallway there was this entire uh, door, two door, what do you call them, French door? And when you open double door, big ones like this, French door, right? So those double doors were there and it was very elaborate decoration on it, but it was locked. So I said, this looks exquisitely carved. You know, what is it? I said, oh, that is where we have the altar. So I said, why is it locked? And we don't speak to him anymore. <laughs> Got so ticked off because of whatever was happening in life, that I said, there no God, no talking anymore. You go to that extent. I have known people who have taken out the entire altar, Burnt all the pictures. Why? I don't care anymore. It was not fair that such things happened in my life. I have done nothing wrong. Why should such things happen to me? We talk about fairness of the result. Now when you deal with your own children... How much ever unfairness that the child claims or cries about? What is your intention behind whatever you do? As a child, what would the child ask? Something entertaining. Like this third or fourth grader, I was in their car 
and this fourth grader was behind in the behind seat and he said dad coming back from balavihar just finished the lecture so i was in their car and the kid was there dad you know that in a month and a half my birthday is approaching can you surprise me with an iphone 5s everybody in my class has an iphone 5s did you also ask and then what did these typical answers that come back is until 10 years ago i also did not have a phone a cell phone isn't the answer i did not have a phone in my apartment even we had to go to that common phone area and then uh, call uh, and then we make a collect call and then it rings back and then we stand there for hours together it's only in the past 10 years that we have this cell phone and i was about 25 years old when i got this cell phone you can wait I said no it's not fair i need my phone whatever be it the vastu now the child is asking about fairness what is your intent in giving them or not giving them why do you give or why do you not give first don't you look at the maturity of the child don't you look at the responsibility of the child don't you look at whether the child can handle cannot handle there are different pros and cons that you look into and at the appropriate time don't you give them that support you look for that appropriate time right so as parents as mortal beings we look into such vigorous details do you think bhagwan being the sarvantaryami bhagwan being who he is will he do anything unjust we put our dharmic activity out there and it is his job to shower the results and that is why the showers are also called varsha it comes from this vrusha rushabha the one who carries like the cloud <clears throat> not the present day utility that we have cloud technology when we say cloud here it means that a gathering of the entire totality and then find the right time to shower for that individual for that action the results to come that somehow this gets tested we always feel that we are getting the what do you say it in american language is a short end of the stick did i use it right 
first of all it is not carrot it is a stick and even in that stick it is the short end of it varushabha the one who gives the entire creation entire set of beings when what is appropriate for them however overwhelming or distressful it may look that experience that result has come in only so that we can grow we can strengthen ourselves to the next step various examples that can be taken we get somebody you know who constantly tests us is it good to have such people testing or not good to have such people testing the world comes in that format to test only so that to find myself move to the next layer of strength next layer of confidence next layer of clarity and positive outlook but instead of sharpening these experiences or through these experiences we get burnt by these experiences we play the victim and the life being the victimizer life is not a victimizer it is only our dumbness that we have allowed that experience to burn us it's how you arrange yourself in that angle so that it can sharpen you because he gives us the exact experience which will allow us strengthen us so that we can move forward vrushabha <clears throat> the third one is vishnuhu vishnuhu sarva vyapakatvat vishnuhu and in bhagavad gita also it is said in the 10th chapter that of the various uh, adityas adityanam aham vishnuhu what does vishnu mean if you have seen various other deities various other forms of gods they also have been given the title of being a vishnu <clears throat> a simple example that can be taken is once this pujari ji was trying to give the meaning of this shloka shuklam varadharam vishnum shashivarnam chaturbhujam prasanna vadanam dhyayet sarva vignopa shantaye he said lord ganesha is related to vishnu vishnu i only sat there you know smiling what kind of interpretation is this there that vishnu is the adjective of lord ganesha and what does that vishnu mean all pervasive sarva vyapakatvat vishnu so do not misunderstand that you are ever alone any time that lord being pervasive all through 
if he is pervasive all through is there a place or time where he exists not how do we build that confidence in god to know for sure that he is there through and through with every step of my life in that prayer beautiful poem called footsteps have you read that i love that poem the essence of that poem is that o lord do not give up on me when it is my troubled moments so god said don't worry do you see that on the sands of life or the time those two footprints are yours and behind you are these two footprints which are mine and that devotee had a troubled moment and he looked back there was only one set of footprint he said i knew i knew you would ditch me and bhagwan knocked and some top spin into his head do you know understand top spin ha he top spinned this devotee and he said fool those are not your footprints those are my footprints so where are mine he said i am carrying you meaning what bhagwan being that vishnu being that sarvantaryami he is at every step of our life carrying us safely to the next experience and now the moment we hear we come with all sorts of imaginations so if i am really troubled hmm where is that vishnu to carry me and because there is nobody carrying me there is no vishnu don't make wrong conclusions here get out of that imagination that strength that confidence that courage that is built in our heart is the expression of that vishnu who takes us forward therefore when we chant these mantras what does it give it does not change our life but instead it gives us that clarity that strength that wisdom to move forward with strength so at every step of our life who is our constant companion it is that lord therefore he is called vishnu whom वृषाही वृषभो विष्णु वृषपर्वा वृषोधर वृषपर्व वॉट आर द माउंटेन्स कॉल्ड इन संस्कृत और हिंदी और एनी अदर लैंग्वेज दे आर कॉल्ड पर्वत वॉट डज पर्व मीन एंड इवन दी फेस्टिविटीज आर कॉल्ड पर्व दिन what does parva mean that which takes us to more content and a happy environment that which takes us from the existing state to the next state of 
higher evolved existence. Being a step by step process. You know, in all these tall, tall structures that is constructed here, right? Sears Towers and all these towers. Annually, there is a competition. Who climbs the entire flight of stairs to reach to the topmost? And that's a three, four hour challenge. In India, we used to challenge such people too. You know, there is this beautiful uh, forest called Girnar in Gujarat. I think near Rajkot. I think near Rajkot. And in that Girnar forest is all lions. There is a lion reserve. And the entire mountain has about 10,000 steps. It's a beautiful view from up there. And people do up and down in about 1 hour 45 minutes or 2 hours. So step by step that which takes you higher. Temporarily it may look like taking you down. Have you ever climbed a mountain? Driven through a mountainous path. Sometimes it feels like you are going down. Though you are going down, you are acquiring altitude. And you are going in circles around that mountain. It feels like it is a worthless effort. Temporarily it may feel like, but on a, on a broader scale, though it may go down, it has to come up. That which takes you to a higher plane of existence is called parva. Vrusha Parva, what takes you to the next stage? Dharma takes us to our next stage. Therefore, the Chaturveda Purushartha, what are they? Purushartha, the self-effort. There are four kinds. Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha. What is the first one? Dharma. Artha and Kama has to be done according to Dharma. Therefore, Dharma is stated first. And Moksha itself is not a desire, therefore it is put as a separate column to itself. It is called Moksha. But the rest two have to be done according to Dharma. What does Dharma mean? Essentially, that which takes me back to my state of existence. From here, when you drive back home or walk back home, as what may be the case, when you take your uh, vehicle from here, you are not supposed to go back through that gate. So, what do you do? You go roundabout. But I have to go on to that side. Why am I going on this side? Because it is one way. 
So, I have to go round about. Whatever round about that I am going, ultimately what is it that I am aiming for? To reach to my home base. And if it is the last effort that you are putting for that day, that is your home run, running to your home. So, when you are running back to your home, when you are shifting back to your home, until when will you keep driving? Until you reach home. And every single step that you take towards reaching your home, that effort is called Vrishaparva. Dharma is that which ensures every seeker to get back to that ultimate state of existence through artha or kama, whatever be the interactions, finally merging, culminating in liberating oneself through moksha. And that is called Vrishaparva. That which step by step takes us to a higher platform of evolved existence. Vrishodharaha Vrishodharaha Udaraha Udaraha means the womb or the stomach. Vrishodharaha Bhagavan is also called the womb of all the dharma, meaning the essence of the entire dharma. So, the entire creation that he creates is exactly as what the totality has asked for. Usually, when both husband and wife are working and every day the children, husband and wife have to leave home, come back, and when you are cooking daily, on a daily basis. You get what the mom cooks. Right? There are those special days. Say it is your birthday. That day, mommy specially asks, what is the special that you want for today? What do you want me to cook for you specially. Don't, don't we ask? And supposing, it is not just specially for those who are on birthdays, supposing somebody has high blood pressure, one kind of food. If somebody has low, low blood pressure, there is a different kind of food. Somebody has uh, what do you call it? diabetes? The different kind of food. Whatever is the need of the totality, even though the totality is of three, four people per family, it has to cater to them. Similarly, the entire totality of this human beings, the one 
who never misses or skips a beat of dharma so that every individual gets what they are deserving so what we get as a famous statement by gurudev says we may not get that which we desire but we definitely get that which we deserve so there were these three people who were working on the high rise in new york one was the you know mexican the other was a californian and the third one was indian so every day they would you know work at whatever height that they are working they would stop at lunch time open their lunch boxes and the mexican guy opened his he says another day i get this burrito i am going to jump off this building enough i am disgusted with this burrito the indian happened to be a south indian if another day i get this idli i am going to jump off this building enough of this idli the californian being a health uh, conscious person he said another day i get this tofu wrap i am going to jump off this cliff so the next day they work hard during the lunch time they open their boxes the mexican finds a burrito and jumps off the south indian finds idli and he jumps off the californian finds the tofu wrap and he jumps off and at their funeral everybody misses them and they were especially their wives they come and 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 after the funeral these three ladies are standing and i said i am really saddened all that he had to tell me was and you know, the mexican's wife was saying all that he had to tell me was i don't need burrito change it i would have done it so gladly for him i in fact thought that he liked it so much that i used to give it regularly to him and why didn't he speak to me the south indian's wife also said the same thing he should have just told me i would have shifted it to some dosa or something else upma or something else the californian's wife he says i understand both of you and your husbands but i don't understand my husband said why what do you what do you mean by that said, he used to pack his own lunch at least you both were packing their lunches and you they should have spoken to you i don't know what was wrong with this fellow he used to pack his own lunch similarly jumping off the cliff saying that this is unfair what i am getting or what i am going through there is nobody else to blame your present moment is the lunch box that you packed in the past if you don't like it gulp it down without reacting to it so that you can make a better lunch box for tomorrow 
and in all fairness it is that bhagwan who creates everybody with righteous opportunity there is no unfairness in his creation in for anything that is created both sentient or insentient vrshahi vrshabho vishnuhu vrshaparva vrshodharah vardhano vardhamanascha viviktashruti sagarah vardhano vardhamanascha vardhanah vardhanah that because of whom we get nourished samvardhanah nourished and prosper vardhano vardhamanah vardhaman vardhanah that because of which we get nourished therefore we chant that though we put the effort we make the earning and we cook and we sit down we finally end up saying sarvam shri krishna arpanam astu that lord everything is given by you you are the nourisher now that was one simple meaning which is food that we get you nourish us for every individual to grow each one of us have different rough edges right and each one of these rough edges either it can become our glory or it can become our agony like if somebody were fat it's a very strange world you cannot call a fat person fat as they say it is not politically right see back in india the black are called with the different word it is quite common there you know what they call they are called right the n word i know i'm being careful now the first day i don't know why or what example i gave i said that n word i remember 12 years ago there were about 80 90 of you know our mission members probably you both were also there because i distinctly remember you coming after the lecture and telling don't use that word i was wondering you know their genre is called that and to recognize them with that word is called wrong because it agonizes them you cannot called a bald man bald fat man fat old man old young boy young it's a very peculiar psychology that we have when we were young god pick on any small kid a little fellow come here he i am not little i am a big boy now i am 6 years 7 month 3 days acha 
Now, girls would want to appear themselves as somebody, as, you know, grown up. They'll start wearing the high heels and putting on all the makeup and shake up and uh, you know, they want to appear like the older ones. And the boys who don't even have uh, the little hair that has grown on their face, but they want to shave, right? And to feel that you know, I am older. The young don't want to be called as young, they want to be called as old, and the old don't want to be called as old. They want to be called as young. We agonize ourselves from whatever rough edges that we have. Those become our vulnerabilities, weaknesses. Now look at <coughs> any god for that matter, especially Lord Ganesha. Whenever his Ashtottara Namavali was chanted, when I was young, I had just started learning Sanskrit. I used to have such fun time. Om Ekadantaya Namaha. So in my head there was always a question. He had only two tusks. And now you are calling him Ekadantaya. So what are you trying to indicate? That one who has lost one tusk or that one who has one tusk? Ekadantaya Namaha. The one who is not normal, he is lumbodara, pot-bellied. You call somebody who is pot-bellied, pot-bellied. And he doesn't feel insulted. Vamana Rupaya. Vamana Rupaya is not very tall. He is short. Fat, short, stout. Are you praising him or are you criticizing him? The elephant's tusk has to be straight, but his tusk is constantly crooked. Vakratunda. Vakratunda Mahakaya. Mahakaya. Huge body. Stout body. Cumbersome body. Shurpakarana, the one whose ears are you know, like a fan. And with such huge body, what are you riding? What is your vehicle? Mouse. Such a caricature. But all those things that could be agonizing factors are actually his attributes that we praise him with. The one who accepts and grows beyond what exactly they are are the ones who are worship worthy. We don't even accept what we are. We don't even have courage to be who we are. So how does Bhagavan nourish us? How does Bhagavan help us get nourished? To give exactly that experience which will polish that rough edge. Until when will that scrubbing continue? It's a very painful process. Because if when somebody starts scrubbing on your rough edge, doesn't it happen that that day when you have a cut or a broken finger or something, the entire world seems to be hitting only into that finger or that hand. Do you ever remember that? It's not that everybody is focusing only to hit in there. 
it is just that you become more conscious of because the other times also everybody you come across and hit each other it, it never registers but that time it becomes too much of a painful thing and when bhagwan starts scrubbing why does he scrub so that we do not stunt our growth in being a shrub but to grow into a beautiful plant beautiful tree which can shelter thousands and give shades to millions vardhana the one who helps us grow vardhana vardhamanah vardhamanah the one who constantly expands himself this entire universe is supposed to be this is shankara bhashya okay in shankara bhashya he says that vardhamanah the entire universe why constantly the universe is expanding and the science has just now told us that this this universe is constantly expanding so the entire universe is the expression of the lord we have seen that in the first word itself vishvam and because it is expanding therefore he is also called vardhamanah and his compassion is also vardhamanah his long rope never falls short even with those people that we extremely love don't we come to a point wherein we say enough is enough this is where the long rope ends don't we do that but bhagwan is that who extends that long rope of compassion it is not by removing our pains or sorrows that we see his compassion that is a wrong way of uh, putting an equation around him it is by providing us another opportunity to grow that bhagwan extends his long rope and compassion so never ever question do we have his grace his grace is already there because it is vardhamanah whether we use that grace or not is our personal choice vardhano vardhamanah <clears throat> and then viviktah we will see that viviktah tomorrow viviktah and shruti sagara पूर्णमद पूर्णमद पूर्णत्पूर्णमुद्य पूर्ण से पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेवशिष्य ओं शातशातशाति हरि ओं श्रीगुरभ्यो नम हरि ओं